Hello and welcome back to Analytics at ServiceNow with your host Alex Sanginov. This is Season 2 and we are excited to cover the ins and outs of a day in the life of analytics roles and their contribution in creating value to fuel the company's growth. I personally invite you to join our Analytics at Now community by visiting us at servicenow.com forward slash analytics at now to stay informed so you won't miss a beat. That's again servicenow.com forward slash analytics at now. In this episode, we're joined by Sharat Taminani, Manager of Data Integrations, and Naveen Sanka, Senior Data Integrations Engineer, who teleport data in and out of systems to keep the heart of data warehouse pumping. Happy Friday, gentlemen. Shout out, Naveen. So great to have you both. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex, for inviting us. Happy to be on the show. Thank you, Alex. All ready for the weekend and uh, being lucky to be part of this podcast. Absolute, absolute pleasure to have you both. Uh, again, just starting with the basics in the world of data integrations, I call it, you know, teleporting data. That's uh, just amazing and mind-boggling given the amount of data that you guys bring in day and out. Um, so can we start with the basics? T tell us more about what is data integration? Sure, Alex. Data integration is the process of combining data from different sources into a single centralized location, which is often a data warehouse. Integration begins with the ingestion process, includes steps such as cleansing, ETL mapping, and transformation. For example, we here at ServiceNow use Marketo for sending marketing emails, D365 for CRM, S4 HANA for enterprise resource planning, and HI, which is a customer support portal, which is a ServiceNow instance. Each of these applications has a silo of information about our operations. But for us to get a 360-degree view of the business, all of this data needs to be combined in one place. This process of combining the data is data integration, and we use SAP HANA as our data warehouse. Right. I know you named a couple of them, and I can only imagine some of them being hosted on the cloud, right? And some of them might be you know, on-prem. Is there any differentiation? How do you go about that? Yes, we do. Uh, each source system is different when you talk about integrating the data from different systems. There are right. on-premise systems where the way you interact with those systems is different and the way you interact with cloud applications that say for marketer. Right. So it all depends on what the source system offers in terms of the options to integrate the data. So yes, there is definitely a difference between on-prem and cloud. Awesome. I would love to dig into, but first, uh, tell us more, what does a typical day look like for you? My day starts with a team scrum call. As our data integration team caters the data needs of the multiple business functions, I utilize the Scrum call to get the status of all the projects that are in flight and to discuss any topics or issues that may require special attention. In okay. addition to this, I review the stories and reprioritize them based on business uh, impact that they would uh, do and then based on the timelines. Following the Scrum call, I attend various meetings to collaborate with cross-functional teams Primarily to discuss the new projects and to understand the integration needs. And all along, there is only one mind in my uh, one goal in my mind that is to build the most efficient 
and reliable integrations. Right. I do also set some time aside to look into the dashboard that we built, which helps us monitor the health of all the existing pipelines. And obviously, as data is crucial, the pipelines that we build should be efficient and should be in a good health. So that's that's pretty much what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Naveen, how is your day different? Well, uh, my day starts with a series of sessions on designing data pipelines with our teammates. We go for a whiteboard session. We put all of our thinking and brainstorming to try to set up a pipeline in the most efficient way. Later, uh, we review the projects at various stages from the architecture point of view, making sure all the standards and best practices are followed. Sometimes we do invest time in uh, research and POCs to keep evolving our methods to integrate. And uh, finally, I would say to keep uh, my heart younger, working on few developments to keep my hands dirty. Right. And I am a true beneficiary of your team's work directly as uh, I keep going back to shout out to you, Naveen, and the rest of the data integration team uh, from the AI ML side, right? Uh, there is no, the, the more, let me put it this way, the more data you guys bring in, the better and the happier we get day by day, right? Um, and before again, you know, drilling down, you know, further, I just want to uh, would like to know from your perspective, uh, how did you get into the data integration uh, space, and uh, if you can touch on what attracted you? That's a very interesting question, Alex. When I started my career as a fresher, we get to learn a lot of new technologies, and there is no focus on one single technology. We do explore multiple technologies, but one thing that Struck right. me is when I was working on SQL Server, where I got a chance to look into the data that we are bringing in from multiple systems. And that attracted me a lot because we were looking into Microsoft sales data. Looking mm -hmm. at those numbers firsthand was like so exciting for me. And, right. I was, and I was impressed on how did we gather all this information. That's when I spent time on understanding what are we trying and what are we doing to bring this data in. And what is that we are doing after we bring this data? So that's when I entered into a space where uh, analytics team was focusing on giving insights into the data to the Microsoft team. And I started my first project working on the integration project and, and providing insights to the business teams. Now, from there onwards, a lot of things evolved. And every time a new technology comes into the picture in the integration space, it always kept me exciting. And every time we deal with a system, it's completely different. So we should always come with unique solutions in solving how do we interact with the system? How do I bring the data? So that's what kept me going all these days. Got it. That is amazing. Um, Naveen, how about you? I think my story is also quite similar. So to be very honest, uh, uh, I was not uh, determined to be part of data engineering. Uh, because we never knew there's a term called data engineer and a role specific to just working on data. So it's due to our early career experience and we literally evolved to become a data engineer. So, However, the data engineering space is so right. alluring that we have been stuck with it for the past five years. It, mm -hmm. it's, it really gives us a unique experience. 
Right. So something like getting a bird's eye view of all the data sets present in our ecosystem, learning how they are interconnected, and eventually we can get the undue advantage to know end-to-end -end business life cycles also. And finally, in this profession, we we can see how tech stacks get evolved and it keeps us pushing to be upgraded. And uh, uh, we always try to deliver the best and efficient data pipelines. So one quick example is that we never thought that we will be doing a real-time or near real-time integration. And we have adopted uh, Kafka recently. Right. I'm having hard time picking uh, the difference between describing you guys as doctors who keeps the health check of <clears throat> the body and the, the entire ecosystem, uh, human uh, nervous system, if you will, or, and uh, comparing, comparing that to the airport, international airport, right? Where the airplane just, you know, coming in, going out at all at the same time, it's just, you know, miraculous, you know, how everything works harmoniously, right? Which, which one do you, do you guys prefer the best? Being a doctor or a pilot or a traffic controller? Alex, I would say in this space, it's a combination of both. Okay. You gotta be good at multiple things to deliver the efficient pipelines. Right. Yeah. And I would like to add on top of it, maybe from a different perspective. Yeah. So it's like a heart for a human body. So unless data yes. is pumped into the entire analytics world, rest of the functions wouldn't be working properly. Absolutely. Well put. I like that. So uh, speaking of the heart and, you know, uh, being the uh, uh, central focal point, if you will, uh, what does the engagement model or workflow behind the scene look like uh, working with you and the team? That's a very good question, Alex. So analytics team is organized into verticals and horizontals. And when I say vertical, we have different business functions like sales, marketing, PS, and whatnot. And we have focused analytics teams serving the business needs there. But when it comes to integration team, it's a horizontal, which has to deliver the data needs for all these business portfolios. Now, the nature itself is that we have to interact with multiple teams. So the engagement model becomes very crucial on how we handle the data needs and how do we deliver what the business wants and in a specified timeline. Basically, we organized all the requests that are coming in from the business into two parts. One, strategic. Number yeah. two, RTB. We call it running the business. Right. So anything brand new where there is an initiative which is strategical and then it, it needs a new system to be integrated, we call it as strategic. But when there is an already existing integration and there are some enhancements needs to be done or some new objects or data points needs to be brought in. We categorize those as RTB activities. Now, how do we bring all the business teams into one platform to understand the data influx? We organized a meeting called data intake call where all the business product owners would come into that platform, explain what the data needs are and why it is required and what is the impact that it's gonna make at an organization level. And then we use our own ServiceNow platform to log in all these requests. We call them stories. And then we, based on the priority, based on the impact, we pick up the stories in each sprint. Our sprint usually lasts for a couple of weeks. And then we go execute the stories 
and stay focused on those stories for that particular sprint. Interesting. That sounds like a wild old machine. Shut up. I must, I must tell that on the record. And uh, curious, do you have out of, you know, working with, again, uh, it's countless to, uh, to even count how many systems you guys interact with. Do you have any favorite system or cloud uh, integration that's, uh, that you think you know, is turnkey or, and, or your favorite? It's a tough question, Alex. Picking a favorite is not easy as we work with 60 plus so systems. Right. So let me share about a framework that okay. we have built to integrate the data using APIs. And it has helped us a lot until we onboarded a tool which supports API-based integrations. So this framework was built on Python and it was so modular in nature, which helped us in plugging it in, uh, into various of our data pipelines. And it reduced the rework as well as the time to deliver the project. So the framework is the crux and that, that is like a turnkey for us. Absolutely amazing. Um, and to build up on your point, Naveen, uh, mm -hmm. how did the integration tools change over time? Uh, I'm pretty sure there has been, there are traditional ETL, I believe, and versus now, you know, the latest terminology ELT. Uh, so what's the trending, uh, the latest and greatest, you know, trending acronyms? And if you, if you would uh, break down the hype, uh, shout out, maybe start with you. Sure, Alex. Traditionally, integration tools were used to build pipelines between on-premise databases. So there was a need to transform the data as well primarily because it is very important to have minimal or no transformations at all before the user can consume the data via any consumption tool or a reporting tool. But in this era of cloud-based solutions, right, the source applications have abandoned the idea of exposing their databases and primarily the way to interact with these cloud-based systems is APIs. Now, obviously there is a change in the trend. Obviously the way the traditional ETL tools work versus how the tools should work right now is right. completely different. Now, we talked about two terms here, one ELT and ETL. So ETL stands for extraction, transformation, and load. And whereas ELT stands for extraction, loading, and transformation. So right. what is the difference? Why, are, why is the order has changed when it compared to traditional ETL, right? What is the need for us to do the data load first and then do the transformation. What is the key point that or the driver which made this change? I think, Navin, would you mind providing some details on uh, this area? Oh, sure. It, it really excites me to explain how we evolved to ELT in contrast to the uh, ETL. So in the uh, traditional world, where uh, we used to extract the data from various sources, we have a huge system setup and where we have lots of memory and uh, it's a beefed up system to keep the data persisted and apply all the transformations that we require. So once the transformations are done, eventually we used to pump this into the targets. So this is the traditional methodology, which okay. incurs lots of time and also resources in terms of both a number of people working on it and also the uh, cost associated to the service that we may procure. But when it comes to ELT, 
it's it's uh, it has changed the equation so basically you can just extract the data and you don't need to hold it anywhere you just load it into the target so once you load it to the target the targets like any cloud based data warehouses where it is elastic in nature you can increase the resources to your uh, imagination like you can spin off like a double excel cluster which is like a monster with 500 cores and mm-hmm. lots of storage right so you can leverage such such kind of uh, hardware and uh, you can eventually keep your data persisted only in one place rather than moving in uh, moving from different systems so this is how the technology has evolved from etl to elt so once the data is into the target you can perform your transformations at only one place if i understood you guys correctly is grab the data from source wherever wherever is coming from uh i'm just going to use you know the airport analogy in this case as the mm-hmm. airplane is coming right uh, guide that to the uh to the gate and let the passengers you know find their find their way out right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well said alex right especially because the current data warehouses are so sophisticated you don't really need to worry about right how much time would it take to transform the data in a way that my business wants right so that is completely out of the equation when it when we compare with the traditional etl so so that's what changes the game you mm-hmm. bring in all the data that you want and have your users use it the way that they want yep. whatever the processing that needs to be done leave it to the right. warehouse and it is elastic it's scalable you have what you want got it um navin i think you touched on a couple things uh, uh as you were breaking down you know the difference between the two if i can follow up with you uh mm-hmm. what would make what, what is unique about data integration practices here at service now compared to uh, the industry or other companies let's say so there are few things that we have implemented so i would consider two from innovation point of view and the third one is to keep our pipelines healthy okay so first one is data as a service i think very few companies do this as of today so this is a data out model in which our data warehouse mm-hmm. becomes a source to the rest of the organization right so we share ml or ai based recommendations to various cloud based applications uh, using apis which are built by our team example Okay. uh guiding the sales development representative to a lead who has higher propensity to purchase a product right so which is a key advantage to the seller and secondly our team not only uh, develops pipelines but also develop custom solutions using languages like python and javascript so one example is we have developed a report downloading capability in a reporting mm-hmm. tool which delivers a report to a recipient via an email attached with a fully formatted and custom uh, customized powerpoint presentation right of a dashboard which can be used in any of executive presentings or in any uh, executive briefings as well so at a click click of a button you have all the insights which are been computed by our analytics team are readily presentable right Wow, that is a workflow revolution in itself. And of course, yes. uh it's always, you know, starts with data. I love yeah. it. And, uh, and those, yeah. 
goes without saying, Alex, business loves it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well put. Uh, just like anything else, I can only imagine uh, the highlights and lowlights that you both, you know, go through. I know it's always, you know, exciting to talk about the highlights, uh, but can we touch on what do you enjoy the most about data integration and alternatively, what do you enjoy the least about it? Yeah, that's a very good question, Alex. As you know, data is the foundation for everything we carry out in the analytics space. And there is a high demand for having the data available at our fingertips. Okay. And the fact that the process always starts with data in integration and the need for building and designing highly efficient data pipelines, the responsibility that it puts on the integration team, the entire process of getting these things done is what is the most exciting part and that's what uh, makes me feel really proud about what I'm doing here at ServiceNow. Right. Now, if you ask me what is that something that I don't like, I would, to be honest, there's nothing. That's the hunger and humble spirit right there. Appreciate the candor, Sharat. Naveen, how about you? Yeah, definitely the heterogeneous sources that we get exposed to, which keeps our business learning curve up and up. Finally, the ever-changing tech stack that pushes us to be up to date so that we can deliver the best is, are the highlights for sure. And right. coming to the lowlights, I, I really, I can't recall anything based on my entire journey. So I have been with ServiceNow for the last five years and right. we have been always uh, going forward. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. I must say. And again, this, uh, it truly speaks to the hungry and humble culture that we cherish and nourish here, uh, that it almost comes up every single, uh, episode in one way, in one shape or form or the other. Right. And my last question is, especially for those who are thinking, uh, either, uh, building their career within the data integration space, and or you know uh, thinking of you know changing and or they're you know relatively early in their career, uh, what would you advise them to to learn, focus on, build you know new skill sets in order to be successful uh, in this field? I think the first thing is the love towards the data, and what data can do, and the number two is hunger for learning new technologies when it comes to integration space. In the integration space is evolving very fast. And unless we keep learning new technologies and new mechanisms, this space becomes really difficult. So what I would suggest is right. be very hungry about learnings. Number two, keep your basics uh, very strong. So the reason I talk about basics is yeah. Anytime you try to interact with the system, there are two ways you interact with the system. One, with the cloud applications, giving APIs, you need to have a good understanding of what APIs can do, what APIs cannot do, and what are the limitations on the source? What, what are the best ways to in, interact with our systems, right? That is one area you need to focus on. Number two, dealing with data warehouses, it's always about SQL, right? You might use 10 different technologies to interact with data warehouse. At the end of the day, behind the scenes, it's always a SQL query doing the trick for you. So understanding how SQL works and having those basics strong 
would really help you grow in this career. I love it. Thank you, Sharat. For people getting into data engineering, it might be a bit overwhelming as they hear so many technologies and tools which are present in the market. And there are several blogs that come in uh, talking about they have some new way to do uh, build the pipelines and all. My recommendation is to stick to the basics. Learn how, uh, how do you store the data? What is the most efficient way to hold the data in memory? And finally, what are the best programming languages which are light in weight and adaptable to write your programs? and understand how to use the building blocks of data engineering. Got it. Very insightful. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for sharing your generous time and insights with our audience today. Uh, I hope to have you both in future episodes and to hear, you know, and uh, help us, you know, break down the latest and greatest, you know, hype in the world of data teleportation. Yeah, thank you, Alex, for having us on the show. Thank you, Alex. It was a pleasure to be part of the show. This was an episode 14 of Analytics at ServiceNow, produced by one and only Matt Ackerman. In the next episode, we will cover a day in a life of master data management, the holy grail of data for the enterprise of ServiceNow. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with others. Remember, sharing is caring.